When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rabbles interview with Rangers B team coach David McCallum. Yeah, how are you, David? I'm good, thanks, William. You? Good stuff. I'm all good, mate. I'm enjoying looking out the weather while it's pouring the rain in sunny Scotland, as it is every other day. Um, right, we'll just get straight into it because I know you're a busy man, obviously, you know have a lot of time. So, just want to touch on first how do you think that the Lowland League season has been so far up to now? I think what we we Try to do more than anything is look at the the players' development over the spell and and don't look at the lone league necessarily in isolation. William probably look at the the bigger picture, the um all the different obviously competitions we're playing in the games you're, you're describing just now. But and probably more than anything is, is is the development of the players along the way. And we constantly keep referring to the players about you know what what have you gained on a daily basis? Why do you come in these these blue gates every day and come to this uh, unbelievable facility that we're very fortunate to to call work uh, on a daily basis? So. Um, the lower league, in terms of the where we are, listen, we're in a situation where if you're looking at a league in terms of can they win it, yeah, they're in a position that they can. Um, but you know, from our point of view, as I said, it's more about what else has been achieved throughout the course of this season. What's what have, what have the guys done well? Who's been close to the first team? Who's made their debut for the first team? Who's trained with the first team on a daily basis? What's which challenged their development um, on a regular basis? So that ultimately, at the end of it, we we see some positive outcomes that ultimately our first team benefit from. Yeah. I suppose looking from the outside, if you're a supporter, I suppose a lot of people look at Rangers and just think, well, Rangers have got some of the best young players in the country. We spend money, whereas a lot of the other lower league clubs don't. Like, do you understand why there's like, you know, that level of expectation that Rangers should be winning the league? Yes, I've got, listen, I, I, I know, I, I'm, I know, I know the situation, I know the expectation. Um, every time you know Rangers step into a, a game environment, we're expected to go and win. I understand that. Um, winning from our point of view, from you know, we are a development squad. Um, we get into games to perform. We get into games for individuals to perform. We set individual challenges within games to try and set them 
kind of targets to go and achieve and, and, and show that they've actually improved and developed along the way. We know different games bring different levels of challenge and obviously that's something we have to adapt to as well. Environments bring different levels of challenge and again, that's other, other things we have to adapt to along the way. But at the same time, we understand that you know, there's an expectation for us to go and win games of football and when we don't, please don't think that nobody's uh, you know, disappointed, frustrated or you know, we all, we all want, want to go and do that. But as I say, more importantly, um, is that, that we see people who are players developing to a point where our first team manager and staff ask questions about this. The thing we talk about all the time, you know, any opportunity you get that you want to set people talking about you. Last week, when the, some of the first team, or obviously the first team lads were off the international, we come back a little bit earlier. We got some first team players in training with us, um, and the manager popped in to come and watch that as well at one point. And, you know, I keep saying to the players, you know, was that your opportunity? Is that the point where the manager says, well, there's, there's player A, player B? And suddenly, you know that that's that's an opportunity that they've never seen coming, and suddenly, suddenly people start talking about them. So, that is the biggest objective for the squad. Along the way, we want to go and play well. We want to go and win games of football. We want to go and be competing for different competitions. Of course, you do because that's an expectation that comes with the badge. Um, but as I say, no, nothing pleases us more when you see players that have that have made their debuts and with some younger ones this season, which maybe has not always been the case. Yeah. Um, those six lads, the the, the loveliest. Um, you look at Polnicio, Archie Stevens, Bailey Rice, in that time Robbie Yours obviously made his debut and scored as well as an 0-4 player. So they're the they're the big wins. Um, but of course we want to go and compete and, and perform and win uh, on a daily basis. But 90 minutes cannot be the bit that defines how successful the individuals are. It's got to be the whole package. Yeah. No, and I think that's a good point because I think a lot of times, you know, when you look at Rangers, you've got to remember that there's still a lot of young players in that squad. And some of them are developing playing against men. It's not something that they've had before after stepping up. And all right, when you look at Zach Lovelace, I think maybe some people yet again forget he was 16 playing in the Lowland League. People get serious eyes of Zach and just think, well, he should be fine. But you've still That's got to point. like, no, you go. It's a good point that he makes. And some things you even look at Zach and you forget that he was 16, and obviously he's, he has now turned 17. But there's still a little bit of this. Is his, I know he, he, he played for um, Millwall first team. But this is his first experience in a, a full-time environment going at it as, as consistent as what we do. And there are some times we had to kind of take a step back with Zach and, and remind ourselves that, that he's still a young player. That And we've taken him from, from what was a very, I know he got experiences with the first team, but ultimately coming out of an academy into a full-time environment. We're training at the level, trying to push him out on a daily basis, getting training opportunities with our first team, which again, we keep talking about is as big an opportunity as, as anything to, to train daily and, and train at their speed, their intensity, their, their demands, because every step that you take is always a step up the way. Um, but there are some things you have to say, you know, maybe we need to take him off, maybe we need to stand up as a sub, maybe we need to take him off the training pitch a little bit, and, but he's not that type of lad, he wants to train, he wants to play, he wants to be available all the time. Um, so he's done really well for his first full season at, um, at the club, and um, we'd be really pleased with his development so far, for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously anybody that's probably seen Zach this week, obviously being away with England under 17s, obviously Archie has done that as well. So I think as a club, it shows you that we're going in the right direction with some of these young players, and the fact that they're being called up by England is, you know, is a big pat in the back, especially to a lot of the coaches and the work that goes on behind the scenes with these young players, which I think is really good. Um, I just want to touch on something in the Lowland League this year, and it's obviously maybe something you've probably been asked a thousand times after games. Well. Played 32 games, we've scored 89, which is the most in the league, which is good going, but we've also conceded 50. As a coach, obviously you want to talk about the positives, but is conceding 50 goals in 32 games acceptable? 
in terms of you know being at Rangers, the standard of play that we've got can never be deemed acceptable. That's for sure, William. There's no question about that. Um, context is key. That's that's always the important bit. You know, you, you always try and look at the reasons why. Was it individual errors? Was it a team situation? Was it a structural issue? Was it a, a simply that the opposition scored a good goal? You're, you're, there's all these different factors you need to look at. Um, we'll always try and look. We'll, we'll break down every goal. There's no question. We'll break down every goal and try and look at why they've why they've happened. We will experience different challenges. No question in the league when you're playing against men. Um, we always talk about levels and debates. Of course we can, but ultimately you're playing against players who are physically further developing some of your lads. That can at times challenge us in some some goals that we have lost, but not all of them. No, no question, not all of them. Um, you can look at, you know, whether, say, was it a structural thing? Was it a, were we overplaying in, in certain situations? Now, we want to play like a Rangers team, so that does involve us playing in areas of the pitch that others might not. Um, other teams might look at us and say, well, that is a real good opportunity to go and press us because we know Rangers will try and play. So we, you're, you're trying to get that balance between playing the way we want to play because that needs to be that's what it needs to look like when you try and get to a first team. We always talk about playing together, playing close, but recognising when to escape the pressure and go and play in the, the next space, the next line. Um, will we make the right decisions? Sometimes we'll, make, we'll also make some wrong decisions in there as well, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that's something we, we would look at. But we try and, un, try and get the understanding of managing games. Um, moments in games, if I think about a goal that we lost against uh, Broomhill, um, two or three minutes in injury time, sitting at 2-1. We had no reason to put ourselves in that situation and it very much was a game management situation where we'd a throw-in, we rushed to take it. We took a quick throw-in when, when one of our players was tying his lace in the middle of the pitch. Um, we've got the ball, we make probably the wrong decision at that point with the ball. Broomhill go quite direct, but we leave one of their players in a position that we don't need to leave. We could have covered that. We didn't need to commit many, that many players forward. But normal Rangers, the way we play, involves full-backs getting really quite adventurous in any attacking positions. So we we try to play the same way as we would do at a point in the game where we didn't need to. So there's a game management aspect to it as well. And we, could, we keep trying to learn from that. We spend time looking at that, look at other teams, what they do at certain moments, so that we try and understand what's right for the time of the game. Um, and what's what's maybe could be a better decision at that point because ultimately we're talking about lads if they're deemed at the first team level could be playing first team football and therefore they'll be challenged to try and make the best decisions more frequently um, and ultimately make the best outcomes for the team so listen we'll never sit and say we'll be happy at losing that amount of goals of course we won't but we'll need to try and keep making sure we learn from it I would say to you if you look across the board, it's a consistent thing now. If you look at the international teams as well at similar age groups, there's a lot of goals being conceded. So it's certainly something that, that um, will become a topical and has become a topical, topical conversation that we try and make sure that um, we get better. For sure, that's always going to be the key. And individuals make you know better decisions, the team make better decisions, and ultimately we, we get the better outcomes. Yeah. It's interesting you touch on that because when I was spoke to uh, Cameron Campbell, he touched on the Aberdeen under-18 game where I think it was like Mason won passed the ball out to Finlay Curtis. He basically turned around lost the ball. The Aberdeen player shoots and scores. But then in that same half, we also continue to play out for the back and then we end up scoring a fantastic goal that basically involved the whole team touching the ball before we scored. So I suppose from... Like my point of view, obviously being at the games, I see that the guys keep trying the same things, which is important because once you step up into Michael Beale's team, that's how he wants the team to play. So there's got to be that level of acceptance that the boys have to play in this manner. I know a lot of people would say, well, like for instance, that Brimhill game, why did we not just punt the ball 60, 70 yards and make them come all the way up the pitch? Like, do you get by? Like, sort of people would say that to you because from 
I don't know what you say. Looking for the outside, people just think that winning is the most important thing. So where does like the development come in against like winning games of football? It's, 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 as I said to you, the reality is that there'll be an expectation of challenge for us to win games of football. Um, and and I, I, going back to that game against Broomhill, ironically enough at the time, it was actually a point we should have stayed on the ball in their half. Um, and we actually attempted to make a pass that we, we probably didn't need to make at that particular point. So it's actually, um, it wasn't necessarily a, a player maybe should have been a longer a longer at that point. It wasn't that. It was actually a point where actually we didn't need to make the pass at that stage. We weren't under pressure. We could have kept the ball in their half and actually played the game, you know, up towards their right-hand side, if I remember back at the point. We didn't. We didn't. And probably the biggest bit as well is, as coaches, you know, you can be that sort of... Um, PlayStation coach, where you're constantly making decisions for players, and, and obviously in the games that we play in, you've not got the the crowd environment that kind of drowns out a coach's voice at the side of the pitch. So you can still do that at the side. Um, we don't want to do that. We want to kind of almost allow the players to make some decisions and, and make most of the decisions because ultimately, when they get to Ibrox and there's fifty thousand fans there, they're not hearing the manager, not hearing the coach. So they need to be challenged at making the best decisions at the right time. But we need to accept sometimes it will fail. It will fail, and sometimes, and a lot of time, we'll get it right. And it's trying to remember both, and and then it's that balance off when it doesn't work. You know, let's talk about why was that the case? What would you have done differently? But when it does, and actually show them the the many times, and there are many times you, you spoke there about the Aberdeen goal that the, the eighteen scored, where they did the same thing, but they were successful. And you remember that because the outcome was positive, and we scored. Yeah. But there've been lots of them that we didn't score, but there were still lots lots of positive bits of play. But the reality is, unfortunately, for not unfortunately, because that's the game we're in. In football, you always remember the goals. Fact. And then you always remember the outcomes, because ultimately that determines whether you get three points or not at the end of it. And that's the bit that people remember that snapshot. Um, so we were job to educate and support to try and make sure we, we, we get better, as I say, the decision-making and the execution so that um, we get more right than we get wrong. OK, well, we'll look forward to the game at Ibrox on Sunday, which obviously... It's an exciting moment for the players getting to play at Ibrox again, hopefully a good-sized crowd. What does that mean to you as a coach? You've also done it you know, a few times now. You've also been at Ibrox, you've coached at Ibrox, etc. What does it mean to you as well as the players to get to play at Ibrox in this type of game? When we look at the start of the season and you look at what games the programme get involved in, the league, the, the, the youth league, the, the cups, and in terms of the first-team cups, etc., the Glasgow Cup, there's games that naturally jump out at you and you go, yeah, yeah, they're, they're the special ones. They're the ones you look forward to. And there's nothing nothing more special than what the guys have got to look forward to this weekend, William. It's, um, the pitch is, is in unbelievable condition. Um, an opportunity to play at the, a stadium that um, is just phenomenal. Um, and then hopefully, as, you, as you've, you've touched on there, a crowd that comes to support the lads at the same time. There's so much that comes with this opportunity. Um, an old firm game there as well. So much that comes with opportunity that the, the, the boys have been looking forward to. Not just this week, not just the week before that. And the reality is you're trying to keep the players focused on the here and now and how, and how they're developing. But when you see games come up in the horizon that's exciting as this, then, and as I say, in the environment with the support, hopefully, as we said, um, it's, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic game to look forward to, that's for sure. Obviously, earlier in the season, <laughs> we went to Parkhead and the result maybe didn't actually show the actual performance because I actually thought we played some some pretty good football at times that day. How how do the players look at that? Is that like something that they want to kind of right or wrong or do the players just get into this game just as another game? Well, I think the first thing, William, I'm so pleased that you've, you've recognised and said there about the first part of the game, the 75 minutes. Because mm-hmm. effectively the game, if you look at it, <clears throat> it was a 75-minute game and we're sitting 2-1 in a good position 
pleased with a lot of what the guys have been doing. And then <clears throat> we have a couple of moments of madness that we and that's what we spoke about. And the boys have been open to speak about that as well. That changes feeling, changes momentum, um, and ultimately we we, we the, the result clearly goes the way it does. And that is, you talk about right or wrong. I think first and foremost we'll look at what we do well. We look at how we want to play in that game. We look at what we have done, what we're capable of doing, um, and that's the targets we'll set. We won't look at it and look back and say, "Okay, here's what didn't go well." Not, not at all. We'll look at what we can do and where we, where we can get success. Where we have had success, um, and we'll challenge the players um, to the, the plan, but also to think about being being creative, being individual, backing themselves, and recognizing, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> how good they have been in these environments, um, and <coughs> we'll challenge it. Go there again. Excuse me. That's okay. You know, all I was going to say as well, in that game, when you're actually 2-1 up and you're on the touchline, and you're probably quite happy because obviously you're there, you're playing against a big crowd. You know, there's like whatever it was, 10,000 people that sat that game. You know, uh, James Graham slots away, a lovely finish. And you're actually thinking, all right, there's only 15 minutes to go here. If the worst comes to the worst, maybe we draw the game. How do, how quickly can things change in that game though? Like, how do you go from that to then losing like the score line and it finished. Like, hey, how does that happen on a football pitch? How do you like sort of view that as a coach? It's, it's a great question because I, I think if you break the game down, like we spoke about earlier, I thought the first half, I thought we were good out of possession. I thought we were okay in possession. I thought we were some good moments, but not consistently. I thought the second half, I thought some of the bits of play in possession up until we went 2 1 up, I thought were excellent. Um, I thought we had a more complete performance from 45 to 75 until they get to come back to two weeks. So feeling momentum, it's amazing the smallest detail can change feeling within a game. And listen, we, we spoke about it in the, the FA Youth League games. Um, the higher the level of the games and, and the opposition, because it's a good game, it's a good level game of football. Both teams want to try and play a certain way. It's a, it's a challenge of what, whose tactics are going to be successful, how the players can implement their individual talents within the, <clears throat> the game plan at the same time. So, But small margins can change games. It can be simple things like a set play. It can be a, a, a concentration lapse. Um, it can be a decision. It can be, you know, maybe not us being ruthless and taking chances <clears throat> at key moments in the game as well, which can kill the game for us. So there's so many different factors can influence change, but ultimately <clears throat> mood can be a deciding factor when people start to feel that momentum going against you. That can be a challenge, but equally, when you take that, that momentum, James' goal was excellent. A fantastic yeah. goal. Um, and should have been the one that <clears throat> puts in a situation to win the game, but for a couple of moments where we switched off and concentration let us down. I wanted to touch on just quickly on the sort of UEFA Youth League as well. I sort of look at like the sort of brutal nature of the UEFA Youth League when we went down to Liverpool. We probably didn't really create that many chances that day overall. We obviously ended up losing the game 4 1, and yet not that long after that, we play Liverpool in the home game. And we actually played quite well. We were maybe unlucky not to take something out of that game. How do you go from like sort of playing away from home, maybe not having a lot of possession, maybe a lot of good chances to then like almost turning it right the way around and actually managing to almost get a result? How do you do that against that level of opposition? You learn. I know we keep using that word, you learn. And I think the word that you used is actually it's a good way to describe when you're a high-level game, it can be brutal. It can be brutal in a way that you you are the, the benefits of that. You're the one that are the, the team that, that puts your foot in the throat of the opposition. You become the one that really <clears throat> goes for the kill. <clears throat> you um, If it goes the other way, it's, it's difficult. It's the other people. I actually believe it or not, 
the Liverpool game is probably the one I look back on and think that was a good moment for us, bizarrely, because it's a horrific result. It didn't go the way that you want to go, but we took a lot from it. And and the bit you've described when you go to the next game, because they're a good team, yeah. and you were a good team, um, the challenges in different ways tactically, but they also did very good individual players who could have game-defining moments, and they did have that. But the second game, <clears throat> again, I thought we went toe-to-toe. We had some big moments. We scored three. We could have scored more. The last goal that we lose is avoidable, for sure, um, and more than one moment of that. So but it's back again. If you don't get it right, it's brutal. High-level games, if you don't get it right, it's brutal. Not just at the youth league level, first-team level. It's just a fact of what it is. So I was really pleased that the players learned from that because to go in the next game and the fact that we're so disappointed that we didn't win was huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Without obviously touching on a player that's not at Rangers, but... See, when you look at Liverpool and you look at somebody like Ben Doak, who obviously played in both games, a young kid who obviously had not long moved from Celtic to Liverpool, and he's now in the first team. Like, Is that something you can say to your young players? Look, guys, that's where you could be if you get to this level, if you can do that. Is that is that something as a coach that you talk about? Or do you think the players themselves know where they need to be if they need to get to that level? I think any player that's in this environment, I've got to have the ambition to, to believe and, and belief, sorry, that they can go and become a first team player um, and at the club obviously we're at at the moment. So, um, <clears throat> key word is impact. We can talk about what they do on a daily basis, get the gains that they're going to come in at this building, whether it be from, you know, we, we talk about ball game, body, mind, um, as being the, the key pillars of, of our individual development. But impact's important. I mean, how do you impact the game um, when we have the ball? How do you impact the game when you don't have the ball from the position we're asking you to play in? And then at that point, it then becomes about the first team manager and staff uh, taking a belief and, and liking a new. But I've seen players go <clears throat> in games against top-level players and perform and produce, so um, it's doable for sure. Well, Right, I just want to touch on obviously something that the academy put out this week. They were talking to Aaron Lyle, kind of getting to know him a little bit, the, you know, the player that he is when he came through the academy. And he touched on the fact that in the summer, um, you decided to move him from basically being a wide player where he was obviously getting forward, scoring goals, creating chances, more into a kind of midfield 10 position almost. Uh, how did that come about and what have you seen from Aaron that would suggest that he can play in that position? I think the first thing myself, Brian, any coach that's worked with Aaron Lyle, as you see, a, a technically gifted football player. Yeah. Somebody that you trust when he has the ball. And in fact, probably his best moments are when he's right in the middle of pressure. Um. I really like him Riddler pressure. It's somebody I think no matter where he is, he can deal with the ball. So that, that bit becomes a deciding factor. That's a big... <clears throat> dealing with the ball is important to play here. You can talk about everything else, but you need to be able to handle the ball. And Aaron does that in abundance. Um, sometimes when they played higher up the pitch or a side, it takes too long for him to go on the ball. Um, so that, that then we start looking at, OK, so if we want him on the ball, but it's, he's maybe not getting him there as the pitch you want him to be in, then how can we find a way for him to influence the game? Yeah. Maybe in a different area but still have an impact, and that, that's, again, back to that key word again. What it does involve for him, and it's something that he's got better at, is running more without the ball, um, because that's something he had to do to play in a, a different position. He needs to be able to go and put pressure on the ball in a different area, and needs to be a bit more patient sometimes in terms of when he puts pressure, who he goes to, who he goes to put pressure on. But more importantly, as I say, is how he handles the ball. <clears throat> I think when we almost played him as a kind of right eight, but jumping to be a ten, um, I just I love to see him dribble, I love to see him take the ball back to play and, and a defender come to put pressure on him from a side, from a different angle. Two or three players coming at him because I know he can escape, but I know he can see 
where the skate pass might be as well. So I thought what was really good about him was he started the season <clears throat> probably not in the team. Yeah. Um, there was other players playing ahead of him. Kane Richie Horsler was there. Um, then when we got to the FA Youth League, he was <clears throat> he didn't start the games until the third game, fourth game, sorry. And he, he really started to turn up and <clears throat> thought he handled the situation really, really well. Really well with not playing, which showed a good level of maturity. Yeah. And I thought the edge when he came back in was terrific. And I'm so pleased that he's <clears throat> he's shown the level that he has done. But ultimately now it's not been, not about being a Rangers B team player. It's about performing at a level where he goes beyond us, and that's the message. Yeah. That's the message. No, and that's the thing. I've actually been really enjoying watching Aaron since he's come into that midfield role. The way that he gets on the ball, the way that he creates chances. I think it was him that created James's opportunity for the goal. I think it was him that made the pass. It was a lovely through ball. And it's it, was maybe also not... his, it was also his pass for Zach Lovelace for the penalty. Yeah. yeah, and I think these are things that maybe, you know, I think at times maybe we always look for the negatives rather than the positives. Like Aaron moving inside could be a positive thing for the rest of his career now, because that's maybe where he ends up playing when he does move into Rangers' first team or somebody else's first team. So the actual change might benefit him in the long term. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people would maybe look at it and say, well, he wasn't in the team. You know, why was he not in the team? Was he not good enough to be in the 11? And sometimes there's more to it than just that. And I think maybe as football fans, we don't look at the bigger picture. And that maybe sometimes for a player... I mean, I remember seeing James Maxwell coming in as a winger, move back to a fullback, and I questioned that decision. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was sitting going, you know, why are we moving a winger into fullback? But sorry, I think James, I, might been, I might have been involved in that one as well. With apologies yeah. for that. No, <laughs> and I think yeah. look, like, you don't always agree with everything that maybe the coaches do at the training ground, but see, often when you look back at it, they were probably right in what they did because James is now having a career as a fullback or a wingback, depending on how he's going to be utilised, and maybe at the times you do question things. And I suppose from the outside, maybe you just need to hope that, you know, like the good coaches that are there, the guys who have played in the game a long time, they understand what they're doing. I think, Whereas, I think on that way, which is important, <clears throat> when we make those decisions, it's not to win that game. Yeah. We make those decisions to give the boys the best chance of having a football career. So if we look at um, James Maxwell with a terrific left foot, <clears throat> but if he's going to play high up the pitch for Rangers, he's competing with different types of players. So yeah. that's that's a challenge. <clears throat> um, so, left back, Robbie Fraser's another one as well, midfielder, yeah. yep. shifting to left back. We believe that, uh, and listen, we're not guaranteed to be correct, we can't turn and say that's the case, but we believe that the attributes that these guys have, if we've changed them position, is because we believe that that will give them the best chance, initially, hopefully, <clears throat> to have a career at Rangers. If not, then obviously at a level that's, um, that's good enough to go in a first-team career. That's great. Well, that's great, mate. Thanks very much for joining me. Um, it's very much appreciated. Thanks for touching on so many different things, you know, from you know the development of the players, the Lowland League, the UEFA Youth League, talking about the game at Ibrooks, how we've got to learn from the mistakes that we make sometimes, how we can improve the squad, etc. Um, so just thanks very much for joining me. It's, it's very much appreciated. No problem. We'll, we'll enjoy that. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. And we'll see you all again very soon. Cheers, guys. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.